Welcome to another episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. I'm Brian. And we have two special guests today. This this one came out of nowhere, and I want to thank uh, recruiter Mike Bondolan for this one. Mike is with us. I'm here. There we go. There he is. And Mike, uh, how Mike, how do you know Manny Wright? Boy, that goes back years. Uh, went to high school with him. Played soccer. So Manny Wright, you're explain to me what you do for founders. So my uh, my technical title is a brewery representative. Okay. So I'm kind of the feet on the street as far as the sales team goes. Gotcha. Uh, work for Nebraska. I do. I cover all of Nebraska. Uh, we only have distribution on the eastern half of the state. Okay. Um, and then I cover the western half of Iowa. Gotcha. So it's fair to say that anywhere that Founders is distributed, there's some guy like you that does that exact same job. Uh, for the most part, yeah. Interesting. Yep. How did you how did you run across this job? Uh, man, I don't know how far back you guys want me to go <laughs> in the history. Uh, I guess generally to start, uh, I started in the service industry when I was 16. Mm-hmm. I worked at Old Chicago downtown. I started as a host, turned 19, started serving and bartending. Uh, I went over to a new restaurant downtown, opened opened that restaurant, was the bar manager, mm-hmm. and then I jumped on with uh, Premier Midwest Beverage, who is our local distributor here in Omaha. They're a Miller Coors distributor. Uh, mm-hmm. I worked for them for about four years. So essentially, uh, when Founders launched in the state of Nebraska, I was the craft brand manager for the distributor, so I managed all of our craft portfolio. Um, and then Founders posted a job for Iowa and Nebraska, and it kind of helped that I essentially had about a four-year interview because I was selling their brands and working with their people. Um, and here we are about two years later. Interesting. Yeah. Did that's you, very cool. Did, did you know there were jobs like this, Brian? No. no. That's that's a good <laughs> thing I don't know about this. We're going to find out. I'm just going to take notes today. I like you in your position here. I'd rather yeah. you not go work for a brewery. Well, somewhere. we'll see what he has to say. Okay. All right. We'll see. So as usual, I did some research. Brian did some research. I believe you brought us some beers, though. I did. Uh I think we have about five beers that we're going to sample out today. All right. We we can do it. Unless that's, I mean. Oh, no, no. Okay. Don't worry. We can do that. We'll tap out if we have to. Yeah, yeah. We haven't done that yet. All right. So let's get into the first one. Whatever the first one is you brought us, let's get into that. And then uh, we can start working through. Look, he's got a cooler, too. Perfect. Yeah, he's he's even branded. His clothing is branded. Prepared. I wish I was this prepared. So I brought you guys uh, our 2019 Brood 4 Guides, which are right Mm. in front of you. Um, Kind of just goes through a brief history of the brewery on the first uh, first page there. Mm-hmm. Um, the white numbers at the bottom per year, that's how many barrels we did for that year. So we're looking at about 600,000 barrels for the year of 2016, which if you put that in layman's terms, um, the big kegs, mm-hmm. the big 15 and a half gallon kegs, yep. that would be about 1.2 million of those worth of beer. I mean, that's a few. That's a handful. And that's just one brewery. You know what I mean? That's like, cr- just think of how yeah. much volume is out there. Oh, my goodness. There's about seven, over 7,000 breweries in the United States now. Unbelievable. Right, so we did, we've done Founders once before. We, uh, we've had one Founders beer on this podcast, yeah. We did, uh, which, Backwards the Backwards, Bastards. yeah. Yeah, we did that one back uh, in January. And I instantly fell in love with the brewery and the two guys that started it. Yeah. Um, just everything about them was like, it, it was one of those one of those stories that you read where they don't care. They just want to brew good beer. Yep. And they don't care about anything else. And if their if their patrons like their beer, great. I that's feel all, like that's all that matters. Not to interrupt you, but I feel like Manny has done this before. Look at this. Like, that's like all little even pours. Cups. Yeah. And. Uh, even Dolan gets a little, which is 
usually discouraged around here, but yeah. we'll let it slide this time. <laughs> he's he's in recovery. You probably shouldn't have given that. Well, tone. it's hard to run this the sound system when mm. he's you know had a few. True. But all right, so what do we got here, Manny? Uh, so what we have here is solid gold. It's an American premium lager, light and full flavored. Uh, you know, <clears throat> everybody at the brewery forever has loved all day, all day. We'll get into all day, but uh, this is a four point four percent American lager, dry hopped with lemon drop hops. So you're going to get a nice little citrus kick on the nose. Um, you might even get uh, some of that might even roll over into the taste, uh, but it, it's nothing crazy. You know, it's just a nice, light, full flavored lager. Um, we had the trademark on the name Solid Gold for beer since 2009. We've been doing variations of this beer in the tap room since then. Uh, so I feel like it's a perfect name for this beer. Um, you can use a lot of puns with the, the name Solid Gold when it comes to describing the beer. Um, but, you know, it's something that. We, we've never really had a full-time lager. We, we only use our house, house ale yeast. And for a long time, the brewery was very um, skeptical of bringing, introducing a lager yeast into the brewery just because of cross-contamination issues. Uh, but, you know, the brewers and the owners said, you know what? All day is only going to get us so far. We need something that can maybe punch through that ceiling and reach out to more types of consumers. And mm-hmm. we, think, we think that this beer is going to do it for us. And I, don't, I wouldn't say more mainstream consumer, but I guess just a regular lager might be more mainstream than maybe an IPA, right? I mean, we've we've all been to a craft brewery or a place where somebody walks in and this says, give me a Budweiser. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I always think of that when I go to a football game. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody that just is drinking domestics all the time. You've got to, you don't want them walking out, you nope. know? So if you can make something to keep them in there, mm-hmm. that's perfect. And this thing is legit i've never had this before oh no oh Mm -mm. i've had this at our favorite little watering hole across the parking lot over here Mm. a few times so no you you make a great great point brian um there's there's a few very craft centric bars in town that that put solid gold on tap and they have it on all the time Mm -hmm. so when a consumer comes in and says hey let me get a coors light or a miller light or bud light whatever it is Mm -hmm. uh the bartending staff is pretty well trained to say Hey, you you know this is on tap. Just give this a try, mm-hmm. and and it's kind of a way for people who are maybe curious about craft beer but don't want to dive headfirst. Right. This is the perfect beer for them. People get scared they're going to order something they don't like. For, True. You know, you don't want to waste the money. I mean, if I was running that bar, mm-hmm. I would say, hey, just get out of here. So this is a better <laughs> this is better for business, I guess. That's why I don't. I just drink at the bar. Yeah. It's an easy drinker too, though, because yeah. I used to drink. Bush light. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. yeah. If I'm gonna have a beer, that's a great beer. That's easy to drink. Which, enjoyable. What? Which? What's your go-to, Mike? Which? Probably the all day. Yeah. 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 yeah we've that's, had that conversation. That's, yes. That's, that's. That's all I have in my hmm. fridge at home right now. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. At all. Solid beer. Wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> this is just as good though. I like this a lot. What'd you say the ABV was on this? This is four point four percent. Yeah, so you're talking it's under a Bud Light, over a Coors Light, right? Yep, so right in there, just by a touch. I like to say it's a great lawn mowing beer, and it's also a great beer mm-hmm. for someone like me who has all these crazy beers in my fridge all the time to have when my family comes over over Memorial Day weekend, like just happened, and mm-hmm. they drink me out of solid gold. <laughs> We've had yeah. this conversation yeah, too, right? You always got to have something for those folks. Yeah, you're not cracking open a fourteen dollar. Whatever. No. Yeah. No. Especially is, on a day like easy. that. So, so I did a little bit of research. I think we talked about this a little bit when we did Backwoods Bastard, mm-hmm. you know, a few months back. But I think it's worth repeating just because, like I said, I, I instantly fell in love with this brewery and these two guys. 
just the, kind of their their kind of philosophy towards brewing and, and running a business in general. Um, I don't know if I knew this. It started as Canal Street Brewing. Correct. Um, so we had a building um, on Canal Street in Grand Rapids, uh, and it started as Canal Street Brewing. I honestly um, don't can't give you the time frame. So we started back in '97. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, Mike and Dave, our owners and co-founders, decided to change the name to Founders Brewing Company uh, to pay homage to the essentially the the OGs, if you want to call them, of mm-hmm. of craft brewing in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where the name Founders derived from. It was on like a label, wasn't it? Like one of the original labels, and it said founders. If my research is right, yeah. And, then- um, and so, but the 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 breweries, uh, like my paychecks, come still come from Canal Street Brewing Company. They kept that as the, the LLC. Interesting. Yep, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't know this. I mean, it's funny to say that they're like paying homage to the original um, brewers because '97 mm-hmm. is pretty early. You know what I mean? I, so right. Like around here, most of our breweries are 2017. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's cool. Yeah. So uh, 37 states right now, this is as of probably a couple of years ago, and you can probably catch me up on this distribution in 37 states with way more barrels. Uh, uh, yeah, this is probably old, 340,000. That sounds like you're probably in 2013. Okay. Um. So we are going to very soon be in 48 out of 50 states. Wow. Um, we are entering Wyoming in the next couple months. So that'll be our 48th state. Uh, Colorado was our 47th state. We entered them last October. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you guys probably know, that's a very saturated market. So yep. I think the brewery just wanted to make sure that we had a nice a nice base and we had kind of some popularity. Uh, they were screaming for our beer, so we went there. Yeah, now Wyoming. Uh, the only two states we are not in is Utah, because if you guys have ever talked about liquor mm-hmm. laws around the country, yeah. Utah is yep. kind of a tough one. And then Hawaii, just because logistically getting beer down there and keeping it fresh and having somebody manage that shelf and those mm-hmm. taps, you know, so 48 out of 50. I mean, if they're looking for a rep to go to Hawaii, I might, <laughs> I would maybe be interested. I think, I think I'd have to make, tell the wife if that there was an opportunity, we'd yeah. have to have get to down look there. At that. Move. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what do you got next for us? Awesome. So you guys are probably familiar with this beer. Uh, a little side note on the, the amount of States we're in. We're as of a couple of years ago, we were in a uh, 27 different countries. Um, and That's pretty it, good. And, wow. really and believe it or not, Sweden is our number one market outside of the United States. I would never mm. have guessed that at For all. For volume. Yeah. Never would have guessed that. I don't, I don't even know how you could guess that. I know. And like why? I would have guessed, I, I don't even know, Germany yeah. maybe would have been my guess. But yeah, I don't know. Austria, I, I don't know. Mm. Sweden, that's interesting. It is hmm. interesting. So I got a question. And it's about it's it's related to states, I guess. But how is it determined what states get what beers? So, like, we have this problem in Nebraska. I feel like when all these new breweries come in, and we're all super excited, and then we just get their standard stuff for their like yep. um, their overproduced produced items. I feel like that's going to happen to us here shortly with modern times. Um, how is it determined what states get what beers, and for how long? Um. So this was probably an issue for us, I'd say, four or five years ago, um, production-wise and the distribution footprint and partners that we use. We're in a pretty fortunate spot where I don't really feel like we limit 
we, we don't limit anybody to what they can get. Uh, there are some beers where we do limit quantities mm-hmm. just because we only have so many barrels and we only have so much liquid. Uh, but for the most part, uh, where you find our beer um, availability wise, that is all based on what our wholesale partners want to bring in. Okay. Um, so we have a, we have a full ordering portal that they can jump on at any time and place an order. Um, and then they get that beer two to three weeks out from the order. Um, but yeah, it really just depends on, uh, the market itself and what people are drinking. You know, if it's a smaller market like Sioux city, you might not see Sioux city, Iowa, you might not right. see the whole portfolio. Uh, but you'll definitely see all day and solid gold and dirty bastard, you know, the, the core beers. Cool. Hmm. Yeah, I always wondered that, like how, how that's determined, but hmm. sounds like it's up to them. Which is good. I often wondered that too. Like when it came to, especially new releases, something that we get for the first time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned modern times. We just got that, what, a month ago? Maybe. Maybe. Like yeah. how, who gets it? How do you get it? That type of yeah. thing. Cause yeah, it's okay. So just be, we're talking about modern times. They're mm-hmm. a great brewery out of California. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like that I, I've, I've talked and I know people in the industry. It sounds like that's going to be something that gets dropped three to four times a year. Hmm. And once it's gone, it's gone. But it, so they're not going to have like a steady stream. Um, so it just really depends on the brewery, the size, uh, logistically, how they get the beer to where they need to get it. Uh, so what we have here is uh, All Day IPA. It's our session IPA. Um, it is the brewery's number one selling beer. Um, it is 4.7%. Uh, we use Simcoe and Amarillo hops in this beer. So you get a nice, real, like citrusy, grapefruity punch. Um, most IPAs run five and a half to 7%. Anything over seven is technically considered a double IPA. Uh, so this is a session ale, um, all day kind of started the session, the session category. Um, it's the number two selling IPA in the country right now behind Lagunitas IPA, which is a very well-known IPA. Um, but obviously that makes it the number one selling session IPA, uh, 15 packs, anywhere from 15 to 18 bucks. I don't think you can really beat. Um, and no. it's about it's about fifty percent of the brewery's production right now. Dang. You're smiling like you bought well, quite I a mean, few of these. <laughs> the, the first thing I want to say is, when you get the fifteen pack, it's like you got three for free. That's yeah. how I feel. It's yes. like ooh, bonus beers. <laughs> so those are those always taste better anyway. Um, but you can find it anywhere, and it's oh, it's just so good. Buck a beer. Yeah, right. you can't beat that. Right. And it's one of those beers. This one specifically that I can drink like a couple in a row. Like, usually I am going out of my way to not have the same thing twice in a row. Mm -hmm. And this one is one of those that I'm just like, yeah, throw them all in the cooler. That's fine. This is one of those where if you're on the fence about IPAs, Mm -hmm. this is the, this is, we talk about gateway beers, right? Yeah. This is one of them. If you don't, I don't like IPAs, whatever. It's too hoppy. Give this one a shot. For sure. This more than anything, I think. Lagunitas, that one will punch you in the mouth. A little bit. Yeah. This one's like a little bit more welcoming. Yes. So Very Mike, hoppy. Mike, how, how did you find this beer? I mean, since it's your favorite. Oh, I think it was up at St. Andrew's Pub, maybe in Benson, waiting for a haircut. And they had it on tap, had it, and I that was back. it. Yep. That was and it. then found out that Gas Station by Me has it, and Costco <laughs> has it. And yeah. He's got all yep. areas covered yep. now. I, now I know where to get it. And, yeah, and, it's, and you get it. It's, if I'm going to have a go to beer, that's. Definitely my beer. Hmm. This is one of those that you're going to find at a place where maybe the crafts stick out because it's Coors Light, Miller Light, Bud Light, mm-hmm. whatever. Then there's the Sam Adams generally, and then like this weekend, I was at a I was at a small arena here in town, and that's exactly what it was. It was standard domestics, 
and then one Sam Adams, which happened to be Boston Lager, and this one. And I thought, well, that's interesting that, you know, but yeah. if you go and you, you, you'll see this over and over again because it is such a popular, easy drinking choice. Well, and like to Manny's point, if it's selling that much, it's going to be in a lot of places, you know? So. It's true. So I feel like this this beer is becoming transcendental. Is that the word I'm looking for? Um, In the sense that it can play in the very, very craft-centric accounts and bars. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, those guys, and and we call it, in the industry, we call it rotation nation. Um, The bars that are very craft-centric, they want what's new. They're always rotating Mm -hmm. their tap handles. And their their guests, their customers always, hey, what's on tap this week? That wasn't on tap last week. We get all day in those accounts and a half-barreled, doesn't even last a week because people know it. Um, Mm -hmm. But we can also play in the places where maybe a lot of craft drinkers aren't going because they are familiar with it. So Hmm. it's a fun, it's a fun brand to get to sell. Um, It kind of sells itself in most, in most instances. Yeah. I don't think you're going to get laughed out of the, you know, the beer bar if you order one of these, which is nice. You know, no, no, not, not one bit. Hmm. That beer converted me though, from drinking like really your your staples, yeah, Yeah. Bud Lights, your, your Hmm. light beers. Like now I go out, and like I can't even do Bud Light or Bush Light or any of those. Like that's another conversion. Them. I yeah, love right? these stories. Yeah. It's fantastic. So to touch back on the 15 pack, um, it's funny we put this beer in a 15 pack because we have a guy named Bob Kaiser who works for the brewery, who's the salt of the earth. He's our head analytics guy. He's like, you know, I'm looking at the numbers and what it costs for us to make this and can this and all this. We could probably put this in a 15 pack and get away with pricing it like a 12 pack, just like you said. So, yeah. um, and now, and now we see all these breweries with 15 packs. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, you know, innovators, not imitators, is is one of the mottos at the brewery. That's super cool. That's yeah, that happens in our industry. Oh yeah, right, that's Rich? all our industry is. Just, I think I feel like just just copiers. Just uh-huh. yep. Set the trend and let somebody else and somebody else yep. try and copy it. match it. Yep, exactly. All right, beer number three. Awesome. I can only imagine what's coming because I've had these two. Okay, first. so this is a beer that we have done the last two years in a very limited fashion. Oh, um, like, we're we're going to good thing that Rich is like, we should get him a seatbelt. He's seat. about ready to pop out of his chair. Oh, we're we're kind of calling an audible on this beer. So this is the story behind this beer. Um, we used to have a series called the Art, Art, Art Prize Beer. Uh, the National Art Prize competition was held in Grand Rapids annually. Mm-hmm. Uh, this upcoming year will be the first year that Grand Rapids has not had the Art Prize in many years. It's moving to New York. Hmm. So for every year for Art Prize, we, we brew a beer, um, and then we put out a contest, and people can submit artwork for the label. Uh, so this particular artwork was done by an employee at the brewery. Um, so I'm sorry, this is very long-winded. Um, so this is our seasonal this year. The last few years, we've done a beer called PC Pills, which is a hoppy pilsner. Mm-hmm. It was in a yellow package. Mm-hmm. Um, we were going to uh, give that brand kind of a, a facelift, if you will. We were going to rebrand it. And uh, while well, we, we submitted for the, the, the label approval during the shutdown, during the government shutdown. Oh, okay. And by the time the shutdown had ended... Uh, we didn't have enough time to get it approved and then also get all the raw material we needed for the packaging. So we called an audible and said, Hey, the employees at the brewery really love this beer. It's been really successful for us. Beers like Sequench from Dogfish Head have seen a lot of success in the market. It's priced right. We can put it in a 15 pack and not, you know, not, not give anything away. 
And so we have green zebra as our summer seasonal this year, which I'm really excited about. So this is a watermelon gozo with sea salt, 4.6%. Um, definitely, it's technically not a sour, but it's definitely a nice introductory beer for people who yeah. maybe are, I call them sour curious. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. I like that term. I'd wear that on a t-shirt. Sour curious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here's, here's the thing. There's a lot of breweries that have tried to do watermelon in their beer. Yeah. And it never comes through. There's one big one out in, in Colorado that I like to frequent a lot mm. that just it just doesn't work. The best watermelon beer I ever had was in San Francisco. Okay. It was at like 21st Amendment, I think the mm. brewery's called. Yeah. And they served it. You know, like we were talking last week about how with oranges and whatnot, mm -hmm. and it just had a big slice of watermelon on the glass. Blam! Oh. It was it was good. Um, I don't know that I've ever had this beer either. I've never had this. I was excited for it when I saw it on the website oh, it today. It smells amazing. It smells like a Jolly Rancher. Yeah, that's the thing. With sometimes with those watermelons, like that fake watermelon versus real watermelon, mm -hmm. or I, I prefer like the watermelon flavored to like where it's close to the rind. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Let's see what we got. You're more a little more bitter. Yeah, you're more you, you like the bitterness bitter. more. I'm a bitter person. You're right. This is sweet and delicious. Oh man, that's mm. just so Aww. good. Uh oh. That's like that is dangerously good. Yes. Where do I get that at? <laughs> uh, I don't think so, it's at Costco, yeah. It's not a, <laughs> definitely not at Costco. Six packs and fifteen packs. Uh you should see kind of the the typical typical retailers that carry our stuff should have this throughout. It'll probably go through July, August. Mm. Is Maybe you don't know the answer to this question, but is this town where they're from, where these guys are making this beer, is it known for art? Um, it's a very up-and-coming city. Uh, 20, 30 years ago, it was mostly industrial. But I believe, it, and don't quote me on this because I'm not from there. I'm not yeah. super familiar. There's about six universities, different universities, within about 25-mile radius of the town. So... And, and their economy is growing, so they're, they're producing jobs. People are going there to move. It's a very young demographic. Mm -hmm. So my guess would be that, yes, it is kind of an artsy, arts, music town. Um, and if it's not, it's definitely getting there. So some of the research I did today, a couple of things I pulled out, mm -hmm. relates to that a little bit. Uh, in 1969, they put a sculpture in uh, by Alexander Calder. He's one of the world's most famous... Um, abstract sculptor okay and uh it was the first sculpture that was ever done um by the national endowment for the arts so the government paid for this sculpture oh. for like the enjoyment of of everyone right mm -hmm. um and that's why i was wondering if there was like some sort of reason it ended up there because it could have been in chicago or new york or anywhere right. and it ended up in grand rapids so i thought that was interesting um and it's still a separate entity so like the government gives the money every year um, to fund these sorts of arts, either sculptures, paintings, plays, whatever they want to do, it's up to them. But hmm. um, that's where the first one was 50, 50 years ago. Wow. Yeah, I guess yeah, that would be a good question. Is, is is the arts prominent up there? I guess if there's enough, if there's colleges up there, then that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. I have a question. Do you have more of this beer? Uh, <laughs> if not, I'm going to have to leave and go buy more. So pause it. I might, but I have some appointments today ah. that I'm going to <laughs> sample go. some some mm. people who are going to hopefully buy some 15 and a half mm. gallon kegs of it. So I will purchase. Well, put him on the list. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like he needs one keg. Green Zebra. If you see it someplace out there as, you're, uh, as you're out there, it's definitely worth a shot. Mm, yeah, it's super good. Oh, yeah. This is one of those that's so good I don't want to drink it. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm just letting it sit there for a minute. You know, it, it doubles as a great palate cleanser. So if you want to hang on to what you have left, we have a couple mm, big boys coming okay. up. So it might be good. To... I feel like Manny knows what he's talking about. So I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. For the newbie drinkers, though, that's a good gateway beer. Absolutely. Oh, like yeah. if you're afraid to try mm-hmm. that sour. Well, definitely. Yeah, for ones. sours, it's a great yeah, And even fruited Light beers. Beer. Yeah. yeah. They don't have to technically be sour, go. but right. some people don't even want that in their stuff. So. Yep, exactly. Ooh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else you got? I want to know more okay. about this area. Well, we were talking about the industrial part, or like how it used to be. Yeah. Um, five of the world's biggest furniture makers were from this area, right? So they were making, um, you know, like the, have you ever heard the term stickly furniture? Mm-mm. So it's uh, like a handcrafted furniture that's usually in arts and crafts houses. Um, Frank Lloyd Wright uses a lot of that sort of stuff. Um, so in the 1800s, all the way up until like the 30s, that's where a lot of this furniture was being made in huge factories uh, making furniture. And then in the 60s, it flipped. And now it's like, the if you have office furniture, it's probably from here. So like all the big office furniture companies are making desks and cubicles. Really? And yeah, so it's like a big thing for that. Hmm. So it was for a while known as Furniture City. And then it was also sometimes known as River City. And now we also hear it as Beer City. So I found out there's like 80-some breweries in the area, which is a ton. That's a lot. And I wish I would have wore it today, uh, but I bought a new, you know, as me, I like hats. So Mm -hmm. I bought a new hat this year for their minor league ball club. Uh, So like here in in Omaha, we have alternate nights, Mm -hmm. and they had like the pothole night, which I was a fan of that one. (laughs) And then they have like Omaha Sizzle, which is a steaks runza. So we have a lot of those here in this town. They are the Western Michigan Whitecaps, so the single-A team for the Tigers. Okay. Their alternate name, one night, is the Beer City Bunghammers. So that's, awesome. that's the hat that. I have. It has a pint glass on it. Yeah. And then he's holding a bunghammer, and he's swinging like at a baseball. I see your face. You want to know. I wrote I it down. I do. You know what a bunghammer is? No. So it's he knows what's going on. <laughs> the specialized tool, basically, to seal and unseal like barrels, barrel age barrels, oh. right? And then you use it to hammer in the bung, which is like the cork or the stopper, and you that's how you get in and out of the barrel. So there's a it's kind of like a it looks like a, a narrowed down baseball bat basically. Mm-hmm. And then uh that's how you open them and close them. So mm-hmm. that's the name of the team for one night. And the logo was amazing, so I bought the hat. And uh, I've seen you wear this hat. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna wear it today, but I forgot it was Tuesday. So bummer. But yeah, I have that. And the the twelve year old me thinks it's come something completely different. Well, right? yeah, that also I mean, was appealing. So that's another reason I got it. <laughs> well, there you For go. Sure. Who who doesn't think of Beavis when you think of that? So, bung hammer. Bung hammer. Um, <laughs> here's another thing for you, since you know how I am with music. Mm-hmm. The first and largest barbershop. Barbershop Quartet series is from here. Okay. So 1939 was like the first one that was ever started. Barbershop. So it's like acapella guys chorus, basically. Yep. yep. And it was such a big hit that there's like, I don't know how many I counted, a bunch. And this is like where it originated and where that style became popular. And it's still there today. And it's like a big pastime in this town. Barbershop Quartets. Interesting. Yeah. I'm learning learning stuff about the town where my 
beer, the there beers made, which is awesome. This is yeah. great. Eighty year anniversary this year of Barbershop Quartet. Have you ever? You, you've never sang in a barbershop. Quartet. Not in a barber. No, no, but probably one of my favorite things of uh, like on the Simpsons. Have you seen that? One? Oh yes. Come on, that's oh, great, man. What was the, the name? I can. I, I, this would be bad radio because I couldn't. Uh, there'd be silence. But I. What was the name? Yeah, of I can't it? think of it. I can't remember. Off the top of my head. But All that's right. what we got. As you pour the next one, I'm going to look that up. The the Simpsons Barbershop Quartet. Yeah, you do that. He's yes. going to pour. I'm going to tell you one more thing that's interesting because it kind of relates to what we do. In new, uh, 2011, Newsweek called this place a dying city because all the population was leaving, right? Yep. So some uh, city officials decided that they wanted to counteract this and show that it actually was not this way and you should come and move here like he was talking about earlier, Manny was, about how people are coming. So they got 5,000 people, and they do a lip-sync video in 2011. This okay. is like the first big viral video. Don's right? all excited. He saw it. It won an award for like best use of social media. It had the record for about three years of the most people in a lip-sync video. And it was basically just like, yeah, talking about how it was a great place to and come here and move here and all that sort of thing. Huh. And uh, Roger Ebert called it the greatest music video ever made. And I think Dolan has it saved on his YouTube favorites. Hmm. Maybe he's nodding yes, so we're going to say that he does. Thank you, sir. Huh. So the uh, the barbershop quartet from The Simpsons, the B sharps, the B sharps. We should have known that. Yep, that's bad on our part. Yep. All right, Manny, we're ready. What you got? So we've mentioned this beer a couple times today. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we have Backwoods Bastard. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's oh, yeah. a there's a lot of story to go into this beer. Um, so we do a beer called Dirty Bastard, which is our Scotch ale. It's an eight and a half percent Scotch ale. We take that beer, uh, we age it in a barrel for about a year, and we get Backwoods Bastard. This beer is 11%. Um, I feel like the bourbon barrel aging really brings out some nice notes of vanilla. Some people have told me that they get chocolate in this beer. There is no chocolate in this beer, but that could just be from the roasted malt from the barrel or too. maybe the barrel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, phenomenal solid. beer. I get some caramel. Maybe you get a little peat, maybe some like raisin or prune, some smoke. Uh, fun story about Dirty Bastard. Uh you were talking about the history of the brewery, mm-hmm. uh, 1997. Uh, when we opened the brewery, uh, we were brewing a pale ale, an amber ale, a hefeweizen, and a porter, I believe. Um, those four styles. Kind of just like run-of-the-mill, like what people were drinking in craft beer. Mm-hmm. Um, the brewery was getting ready to go bankrupt. Um, the, the bank had actually come and put chains around the fence to get into the brewery. Um, It's like a movie moment. Yes. Mike and Dave. So we did do a beer uh, historically called Bolt Cutter, and that is because they took bolt cutters and went. So anyway, long story short, um, Mike and Dave, they say, you know what, if we're going to go down, we're going to go down brewing and drinking a beer that we want to drink and that we like. So they came up with this big, badass, 8.5% Scotch Ale called Dirty Bastard, and Dirty Bastard is literally the beer that saved the brewery. They never looked back after that. If it weren't beers like for Dirty Bastard, we wouldn't have beers like KBS or All Day IPA or Breakfast Out. Uh, so Dirty Bastard is very near and dear to our hearts at the brewery and to Mike and Dave, our owners. Um, but the barrel-aged version, the Big Brother, what we're drinking right now is just, man, it's it's dangerous. It's mm. a little too approachable for 11%. This is your style. Yeah. Just- yeah, anything big and boozy is my style. <laughs> But yeah, I love I love this. It goes beer. down easy though. Mm-hmm. Mikey, really are you a stout guy at all? Um, yeah, here yeah. and there, one that's, at a time. That's generally, my answer too. Yeah, one at a time. It depends. Yeah. yeah, you're. I'm gaining on you here. Yeah. I'm growing you a little bit. Depends yeah. on the spout. Yeah. The stout though. 
That's true. De- yes. And what sort of adjuncts are there or whatever we got going on, yeah. There's a video, the story that you told, they have a video on their web on the founders website about it. It's if you want if you want just like the screw you, we're going to do it our way. Like yeah. we're going down, we're going to like you said, go watch that video. Okay. I feel like cuz after we we talked about it and when we had this, mm-hmm. but we had a different years version when we had it. I want to say that's um, right, yeah. But when we started doing a little bit of research then, I watched like almost all the videos they had on YouTube, mm-hmm. and I felt like the production on those videos was amazing, yes. and they should have way more views than like a thousand. I yep. was like, "Holy cow!" I I have videos that have a thousand views. That's sad. Yeah. Good job on so, the videos, founders. Keep them up. Yeah. So the marketing slogan "Brewed for Us" is kind of what that is derived from. The whole "Hey, we're gonna do what we," you know, and it's like you see on the koozies. Uh, what's it say there? Mm-hmm. We make friends with our beer. We make friends with our beer because we make beer with our friends. And it kind of ties into the whole brood for us thing. You know, we don't, a lot of people think that that might be kind of like snobby or like uppity or like exclusive. No, it's like, we want you to enjoy these beers with us and we brew them because we enjoy them and we want you to enjoy them too. That's, I mean, we've, we've talked about this so many times, but it it bears repeating again. Like the way to make it, especially in a brewery Mm -hmm. is like, you don't want to pander to people, right? You want to make things that push the boundaries and mm-hmm. or things that you yourself would want to buy. You don't want to just make beer to try to sell it because that never works out well. Right. And those are the places you don't go back to. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know. That's just how I feel. Innovators, yeah. not imitators, right? For sure. There you go. Oh, man. I, just as we've been looking at these pictures and all the beers we've had so far, I just keep thinking to myself, like, God, this is just such a great brewery they're just, just like such a good well-rounded they have stuff for everybody yep and it's one that that we almost take for granted here because it's been here a few years now and you know new stuff's always popping in but mm-hmm. god this is just so solid it just consistent i think yeah. is and the... i was just at the picture i was like oh yeah i get this one every year and i get that one every year and i get this one when i can and i get that one every year and it's just like every calendar month there's like a different one that i'm usually am, am getting someplace so yep. Oh, I'm just loving this. It was a great day. So you pointed to breakfast out in Backwoods Bass. Right? Oh, yeah. I just want I have a quick note about those real quick, uh, just for anybody listening or in this room. Uh, those beers are now year-round available from the brewery. So yeah. um, Backwoods always used to come out around Thanksgiving, and breakfast out would always be kind of like right behind it. Hmm. Um, we are fortunate enough at the brewery to have enough barrels with dirty bastard in them that we can just produce and distribute Backwoods year-round. So if you have any verticals or any aged backwoods bastard, I mean, I would I would open those up soon. Hmm. There you go. Or you can hang on to them and they could be like worth a bunch of money in twenty years. But What's I don't know the, who's going to want to drink them. <laughs> What's the shelf life on those? So backwoods bastard, technically, we we technically oh, the the most amount of days we'll say a beer shelf life is is three hundred and sixty five. Um, that's mostly because production. The production team at the brewery, we age the beer for you, right? It's in a barrel for 10 to 14 months, depending on the beer. Um, But we know people like to age the beers. We're never going to say the beer is going to be bad after 365 days. It's just kind of a suggestion of like, hey, drink it within that time frame. Uh, Breakfast out is 180 days. Uh, Rubeus is 365 days. Uh, Rubeus is our raspberry ale. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that because I I've never known how to say that, that yeah. name. Um, Rubeus, yeah. Rubeus. So okay. it has a weird e. Yeah. 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 Um, so Rubeus. Funny story about Rubeus. We're not going to try it, but a couple of years ago, some of the production guys and the owners opened up a Rubeus that was like four or five years old, and th- pretty much it 
tasted the exact same way that a fresh Rubeus would taste. It, it's wild. I don't know. So they're really, hmm. we say 365 on Rubeus, but apparently yeah. it's fine after four or five years. I'm guessing it was in a dark. Stored properly. Stored properly. Yeah, sure, right. sure, uh, sure. I wouldn't let it be out in the sun. It might explode on you when you open it. Don't leave it on the dash of your car. It's in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Rubeus was the first one I had, first ever beer I had on nitro. Cool. So, and mm, that's oh, a fun one to oh, have on nitro delicious. for the first time. Oh my gosh. It's like ice cream on top. Yeah. It's so good. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that one's tap house up the street. Always has, always has it. And whether or not they always have it on nitro is, yeah, you know, whatever. They have that beer. Man, if they do, I will always default to that one just cause it's so, it's just so nice creamy. And creamy. And yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep. It's so mm. good. And it's totally okay as a dude ordering a raspberry beer. I don't care what you say. Yeah, why it's not? It's totally okay. I'm going to order this watermelon beer. There we go. Yeah. See? There you go. Yeah. All right. What's the last one you got for us? So I brought a treat for you guys. Oh. Well, we like treats. Mm. And this Uh-oh. is why I said it's go. probably a good thing that mm. lunchtime's after this because yeah. you guys might be feeling a little like you need a nap mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So we have a 2019 bottle of KBS. Uh, so we do a beer. So this is kind of similar to the to, to the Backwoods Bastard in the sense that we do a beer called Breakfast Stout, which is an 8.3% um, imperial oatmeal stout made with chocolate and coffee. We take that beer, we bump up the original gravity a little bit. So uh, we get the ABV up to closer around like 9.5 to 10. And then we throw it in bourbon barrels for about a year. And we get this beautiful beer called KBS. Uh, this year's KBS was 11 point, came out to 12.2%. Sorry. Um, this beer I have been told that thing looks so this beer, this beer, I have been told we do this beer every year. Uh, we used to do this beer every year, uh, April 1st. Uh, but now we're kind of pushing back the release date to like the middle of March. Hmm. I spoke to multiple people who have worked for the brewery for many years and they say that this is the most balanced, best, well done KBS that they've ever tried from the brewery. Hmm. Um, Obviously, you're going to get some notes of bourbon, chocolate, coffee. Um, it's not too boozy, so it's not gonna. It's not gonna like the booze is not overpowering. Uh, personally, I lo- of all the KBS I've tried, I liked last year's the most because it was more chocolatey. So it was very like creamy. It was like a cr- it was like drinking like a chocolate milkshake last year. Mm. Uh, but this year's is very nice and balanced. We only do it once a year, um, and I thought I'd bring it for you guys so you could give it a try. So this is one of those beers that. Like especially here in the Midwest, I don't know if it's mm-hmm. a, anywhere else, but here, like on the day it comes out, people line up. Yeah, right. You line up. We for go this. chase this all around town. Yes. Get as much as we could. Yep. Never. I've never had it. Really? Never. I have. I know for a fact I have it from fourteen to to nineteen at home. Mm. I've got four packs and I've got bombers of each one, just wow. kind of chilling. So someday I'll do a. Nice vertical or something. You're not just a beer collector. You're a beer hoarder. <laughs> yes, that is true. That is true. I'm not saying that in a negative no, way. No, I, my, my my wife does. But what do you call that okay. room? Well, it's more it's more than one room, Mike. Uh, but <laughs> it's called my basement. And, uh, <laughs> but it's good. I, I mean, I have yeah two beer fridges, and I have I have I built a special room just to like put this sort of stuff away out of its total darkness. Yep. Um, so yeah, like on racks, so you, so I have spin racks, the, spin the bottles. I have racks. I have, um, trying to think of what the term is, but yeah, I have it all set up. I have my shelves that I built custom, custom built shelves. You got your own little cellar down there. Yep. That's, that was the plan. So, uh, it doesn't 
having a kid has really helped my seller um, because there's rarely a time I actually get to go in there and get anything. So a lot of a lot of what I have in there is from like 2015, 2016. Hmm. So that's good. What do you think? It's, it, it's like a little delicious Dairy Queen treat. It's amazing. <laughs> With bourbon. With bourbon. Which, yes. I mean, I don't know if you guys are bourbon drinkers, but... I love me some bourbon. No, so. but I don't mind bourbon in the beer, though. Like, I don't I mind that. That's... The color is like motor oil, mm-hmm. but it, yep. which could be a little it's intimidating, opaque. but it is amazing. Yeah, that's a, that's a hang-up. A lot of people say, I don't like dark beers. Well, no, they, they just haven't had a good one. You just haven't had it. Right. right. That was my thing. I was like that for a long time. This is funny, because this is like my mom's favorite style of beer. Really? Awesome. 63-year-old farm lady loves barrel aged stouts with really? some chocolate Love in there. It. Oh, it's like her favorite what thing. I think she'd be like a Schlitz. Nope. No. Uh, she probably went down that road, but this is where we land. So Mother's Day, <laughs> Christmas, birthdays, I get her like at least some cans and maybe a bomber of some sort of barrel aged stout and that just makes her happy. So Dolan, you found this is this is your fiance's favorite style too, right? Stouts, which is weird. They doesn't yeah. like regular beers. Well they but... got a lot of flavor, man. There's a lot of stuff happening, you know? Man, let's jump in the deep end though. It's absolutely jumping in the deep end. Oh, that's good. That's really good. I'm glad you said you hadn't had this yet because you're familiar with the brewery. Yes. And you've had beers from us. Mm -hmm. Um, So this year, when we release this, uh, it's the most KBS we've ever put out. You Mm -hmm. you could probably tell. It's still in the marketplace now, yeah. So the brewery's idea was, you know, it's technically not a seasonal. It's a barrel-age release, which are supposed to be more limited. But we put out enough knowing that we – communicated with our distributors and our good retailers and said, you know, the brewery does expect this to be kind of a seasonal. We, we think it's going to be on the shelf for a month or two months. And it's for the, it's for the very reason you said, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a store doing a sampling and people are like, Oh, I always have all day. And I love your breakfast out. And I've had Centennial and I've had dirty Basser, and, and they say, you know what? I've never had, what's that? What's that KSB beer? Yeah. <laughs> I laugh. I'm like, yeah. Oh, you mean KBS? And like, yeah. Like, it comes and it goes, and I never get to try it. So I, I think the brewery's idea with the release this year was we want this to hit the lips of the people who who are loyal to the brewery and buy our product and love our product but have never had the chance to have it. And, I, and, I, and hopefully we achieved that this year. Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't. It's, it's still there, which is great. Like, I've, I have bought in two four-packs this yeah. year, and, and I drank one of them. Usually I just put them away. <laughs> or maybe I'll have one bottle just to see what it is like this year. So, um yeah, it has, and, has and you not know, if, if you've never had it, granted, like the price point might be a little shock. It could be a shock value. Eh, it could be shocked bit. to some people. But what if if you drink beer at a bar, right? You know, sure, it's you're paying deal. more than that for sure. So four packs, right? Yeah. What's, what's the price of a four pack? Anywhere 15? from nineteen ninety nine to twenty two yeah. ninety nine, depending on the retailer and what kind of margins they're trying to mm-hmm. make. Yes, around that. So That's standard like high V, like our yeah. our standard grocery store uh-huh. is going to be that. Right yeah, around there. Right in that yeah. area. But I guarantee you, if you went and got a pour of this somewhere, you're paying more than that at the you're bar. You're probably so. paying a dollar an ounce is, if you're going to a bar and buying this. Yeah. Wow. And that's if they have it. Street value. Um, we were talking about Lamo and beer. We've said that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Breakfast Out is my sidewalk <laughs> mowing beer. <laughs> you know, like in the wintertime when oh, I'm scooping yeah. snow. Scooping snow. That's what I had this year two times. After I did all those mm. drifts, that's what yep. I, that was my reward. I can see I that. I always have that beer in my fridge. Always. Hmm. And it used to be, like you said, you couldn't get it. So it would be out just for a short time, and then you had to like hoard it and, and <laughs> you know slap hands if people try to take it. But now you, yep. can, 
you can get it anytime and that's i love it it's so good i remember when i was working for premiere and we launched founders in the state of nebraska and it was in october or november and the brewery back then five years ago breakfast out was like a pre-order the distributors around the country would give the brewery a quantity of what they wanted for kegs and package about four to five months out and the brewery would brew to order right mm-hmm. so when we launched in october november well there wasn't much breakfast out laying around that stuff got swallowed up so quick and it's like you said the evolution and the growth of the brewery now if you want a four pack of breakfast out you can just go out and get it uh, yeah which is really cool to I see. i see it all the time now yeah, yeah next time you see it buy it because it's amazing well it's, it's got to have a good so shelf good. life too yeah yeah. So. yeah for the most part so really funny story about kbs real quick um so KBS stands for Kentucky Breakfast Stout, right? Uh, about two years ago, um, I, I don't know who the group was, but we got a group. Uh, there was a group of bourbon distillers from Kentucky who sent the brewery a deceased letter, letter saying, you cannot put the word Kentucky on anywhere on the bottle because you guys cannot prove that all of your bourbon barrels are from Kentucky. If you know anything about bourbon... It used to be that only real bourbon came from Kentucky, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now I think it's looked at as long as it's 51% corn mash, it's it's technically considered bourbon. Right. So we had to take Kentucky off the label. But luckily for us, our brewmaster's name is Jeremy Kosmicki. So <laughs> on the bottle, it okay. says KBS. Everybody still knows it as Kentucky Breakfast yeah. Out, right? But it says Kosmicki's Breakfast Out. So it awesome. just So it just worked out. But, yeah, kind of a funny story. That's really good. Yeah, I never noticed that before. So if you have any bottles, it will yeah. probably be 2017. Yeah. That would have been, I think, the last year that Kentucky oh, would have okay. that word Kentucky would have actually been on the bottle, which is kind of cool. I know for a fact on Friday I put a 2015 bottle in my fridge of that. So I know that. I know I have that did, for sure. Did, did you trade for it or something? Like no. how did that? It just. I just had it. Huh. Just kept it. I, I I just I I love just the extra stuff on the bottle right here. It's I like that thumbprint or the fingerprint. That's their barrel age series. The up barrel there. age, yeah, yeah. That's what it looks like to me. But it's yep. just that wood wood green. Mm-hmm. Is good for everything a flavored stout ought to be good for. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get any easier. Than like that. grandma, like it's got to be good for grandma. That's right. I'm sure, she likes it. That's for sure. Or mom. Was it mom or grandma? Well, she is a grandma, so you're right. Okay, on both okay, accounts. got it, got you're it, got right it. Right on both accounts. Uh, here's a couple more little things about the town and the area and all yeah. that stuff, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. And I have a couple more questions for you too. Absolutely. But, um, this area, this town, has minor league affiliates for um, Detroit Pistons, Red Wings, and the Tigers. Hmm. So they got a lot of sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had three other independent basketball leagues there, so like semi-pro for the players are actually getting paid to play basketball okay um they have three different soccer leagues there which might interest some of you folks they have something called futsal f-u-t-s-a-l which yeah. i was like what the hell is that what is that i didn't know that i'm it's glad you ball. asked the ball's heavier mm-hmm. it doesn't bounce as much it's indoor soccer basically but it's on a hard court so it's like kicking a soccer ball on basketball go, court. Maybe? go look up some videos these guys their foot skills like it's that's it's basically like FIFA, what it's for. Do you remember the, do you remember the, the uh, video game uh, FIFA Street? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like freestyle. Okay, like the and one, like basketball videos. You guys sure. remember those, like the mm-hmm. just crazy. It's yep. like that, but soccer. It's nuts. Really? It's like what it was intended for was to like showcase skills. Yep. And it's like it's a lot smaller and that sort of thing, but it's for people that like hmm. dribbling and passing and that sort of thing. In, in traffic, it's five on five. 
which I guess is something different. Hmm. Um, let's see what else. Oh, they have a lacrosse, like a major league lacrosse team. And that's so apparently it's a big sports area. So you're telling me the next time I go up there, I should just like give myself my, my liver a break and just go watch some sporting events I, instead I of trying to hit all the breweries I can? No, I would do that too. <laughs> I would just maybe stay another day. Just lace up your boots and try and go play. Yeah, try and go there you go, after there. a couple. Yeah. Um, I wanted to throw some people out to you, and I picked some that Rich would probably know, and maybe mm. you guys will know too. But um, as a dad, as, especially a toddler boy at my house, um, I know this name very well, and his name is Jeffrey Brown. He's from this town, and uh, he's an author. And his most famous book is called Darth Vader and Son. Oh, yeah. So there's like these Star Wars kids books that are out there. And, and he um, is the draw, illustrator and author of those. Uh, Jillian Anderson, you know her? Oh, yep. She's from this area. X-Files. X-Files, you're really? right. Uh, Dolan's favorite, Taylor Lautner. He's a Team Jacob guy. Mm. He's from this area. <laughs> Wayne Huizinga. Yep, yep. CEO, owner of Blockbuster Video mm. back in the day. Which is where he got all of his money. You think he got out in time? I don't probably don't think so. Maybe he did. And he owns a sports team. Dolphins. Yep. Florida oh, Panthers. Wow. And the He's Marlins. Wow. Yeah. So he owned all those off blockbuster money. Uh, and then we were I think we were talking about this maybe, but um, Maynard from Tool is from this area. So he's from that area. Just Al saw Green. Tool last week. There you go at the concert. It was awesome. He has they're just uh, touring now. Tools yep. all around and their new album's coming out this mm-hmm. year. Um, Jeffrey Daniel, that's a name we've said on this podcast. Jeffrey Daniel, yeah, not no, Jeff Daniels, not Jeff Daniels, not him. Jeffrey no. Daniel, he was the guy that we talked about that taught Michael Jackson how to move. Oh, walk. that's right. He's from this town, so he's from Shalimar, and then DeBarge, eighties, like soul band and group. Mm-hmm. I guess they're from this area. Anthony yep. Kiedis, Red, oh, Hot, the, Chili Red Hot Chili Peppers. I got a fun story on that real quick. There you go. So my cousin Shane, he has a show out in L.A. Uh, it's called the Shane Show. Sorry, I'm giving a shameless plug for my cousin. Perfect. Um, I don't know how I can say this because it's supposed to be like anonymous, mm-hmm. but, but right. he's good friends with Anthony. He oh. was a, he was an integral part in Anthony's recovery from drugs and alcohol. So mm. I got to meet Anthony Kiedis back in high school when they came for the By the Way tour, thanks to my cousin. Yeah. But Anthony's a great guy. That's awesome. Sweet. I did not know he was from there. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, really cool. I've always loved chili peppers. Even yep. before Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Like that was so the skateboard music. The, the old first, stuff's great. Yeah. Mr. First like time Mr. Bungle, Primus, yes. like oh, yeah. Yes. All yeah, that yeah. old stuff. The first time I ever heard Red Hot Chili Peppers was in would have been like nineteen eighty seven. And my mom hired a babysitter and she was a high school girl <laughs> and she had a yellow Volkswagen bug and she had two cassette tapes and she brought them in the house and one of them was the uh Oh, it was the one that had uh, Higher Ground on it. Mm-hmm. So it was like right before the next big album. You yes. Know? So it was right before Blood Sugar. Yes. I think. And uh, that was the first time I heard I it. I can't for life remember. All I remember is uh, is Flea wearing the, uh, the, the uh, stuffed, stuffed animal, animal pants. pants. Yeah, I wish I had those. <laughs> That's all I remember. Um, Del Shannon. You ever heard of him? Yes. He was from there. The whole Mayweather family is from this area. Yep. Floyd. Floyd Sr. and Floyd Jr. And there was like, like a couple of uncles that were boxers too. James Tony, heavyweight yep. champion yep. for a while. He's okay. from there. And then current NBA star and basically just bucket maker Devin Booker is from this area. I did not from know that. Phoenix Suns. He's, huh. Isn't are you have are you continuing this list of people, famous people? No, go ahead, throw it on here. Did yeah. you see is Greta wasn't isn't Greta Van Fleet? 
Oh, they might from, be from from Leather? the area. Could I'm pretty. Be. I'm pretty sure they are, and I'm pretty sure they just won an award for like album of the year, or like. Yeah, they're they're a very divisive band. Have you heard about these guys? Rich? You mean Van Halen? No, Led no, Zeppelin. they're like Led Zeppelin. Oh, they sound like that's Led Zeppelin, what I was going for. and they're all like 20 yeah. years old or something. That's like what I was that. going for. I think uh, yeah, there's some people that say uh, you're rip off and you shouldn't yep. do this, and then there's some people that say go for it. You sound good. And, Every every band has influences and it depends on how much you want to show them. So. Are they actually doing Led Zeppelin songs? No. Then who cares? So they so they sound like them. Who cares? Yeah, I, I'm in your category. I just feel like you know if you want to do it, right. if people want to pay for it. Good for you. I I was just like Coheed and Cambria. I thought they sounded like Rush for years. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Dolan, so. hold me back. Wait, here. there's a band that no, no one sounds like Rush. No one sounds like Rush. You no. can't. It's impossible. So they're That's... from Frankenmuth, Michigan, which That's pretty close, right? I think so. I guess. Uh, so they're. I'm trying to find it on the map. Can uh, I just tell you? As so, I've learned the, with the stouts. I've been uh-huh. trying to warm it up here. Yeah. You see me trying to do yep. the thing over here. I like it better cold. Like yep. cold was better. I'm I'm that way too. I agree. I usually am, am a cold right away. Kind of room. I don't like it room temperature. Some people like that's the only way they'll do it. That's way more Aaron style than yeah. ours. And yeah. I there was so much more flavor when it was cold. Maybe then when it's a little warmer, different so flavors. Probably different. Out. Probably different flavors. If you remember it back in high school chemistry, when things get warmer, atoms typically move faster, mm-hmm. and when it's colder, they're more dormant. So, uh, the real true flavor of the beer is probably right, right on at about fifty degrees. Um, and this beer that we just drank is probably closer to thirty-eight forty. Um, but it's all per, it's all preference. I mean, everybody yeah. everybody tastes beer differently. Everybody has different palates. Sure. Hmm. How has your palate evolved? Uh, I'm assuming it's had to have gotten a lot better. It's gotten better. It, it, it's still terrible. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, it doesn't help that I make certain life choices that does not help my palate. Right. I got you. You guys can figure that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you know, I feel like once. Um, once, once you've tried a beer and you can talk through a beer with people who do have good palates, that's yeah. where you're going to find the most value as far as remembering. It's the, it's like the power of persuasion. Like if I right. tell you, if yeah. I tell you before you drink something, Hey, all day IPA is going to taste a little grapefruity and citrusy. The first thing you're going to smell and taste is grapefruit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, it, it's gotten a lot better. Um, but I know people who pick up stuff and I'm like, wow, where did you even pull that? Yeah, comparison from, yeah, and I'm like, oh yeah, I totally, I totally taste that, or I totally smell that. So, yeah. it's always fun to taste beer with people who know more about beer than you do. And I find myself always learning about beer, which is very cool. That's me on every every episode that we do with Brian right here, because he will come up with stuff. I'm like, I don't know, it just tastes good to me. And I feel like I got training wheels on still. There's some people out there that are just pulling amazing things out. I'm That's like, true. What? When people are like, oh, like this Belgian beer tastes like Band-Aids. You're like, well, how do you know what Band-Aids taste like? It's like, well. <laughs> I hate to say I, I do not have Band-Aids <laughs> you know, taste. But, but you know what I mean, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that smell, for sure. Interesting. All right, so wrapping up here, give me what's what's next for Founders. Like, what, what can we expect over the next couple of years from them? Um, okay, so we – so – our barrel age programming we typically it seems like in the last three or four years have released a couple beers that we've never done before or maybe they were just tap room only and the recipes got tweaked we're doing a beer that just is going to start hitting the market pretty much this week called masagave 
So you it just is, sent me an email on this mm, today. Yeah. Yes. So it is a it is an imperial lime goza mm-hmm. um, that yeah. we aged in mm-hmm. tequila barrels, and we added blue agave. Which, if you know anything about agave syrup, it's kind of sweet. It kind of mellows things out. This beer is not hot. Uh, it, it's ten percent. When I say it's not hot, it's not super boozy or tequila y. Um, it's really weird, guys. I've tried this beer. It tastes like you are drinking a $15 top shelf margarita. Wait a minute, wait a minute. It's 10%? It's 10%. What? This barrel-aged beer is going to be the consummate summertime barrel-aged beer. It, you guys got to grab a four-pack. Which is a, four a weird pack. concept that normally it's you know wintertime barrel-aged. So. You got to grab a four-pack if you see it. It's and Let, When's your, it let your mom try it. Let your wife try it. The distributor just got it on Thursday, so we'll start mm. seeing it at retail starting this week. Um, as far as looking further down the line, uh, we're bringing a little beer called Imperial Stout back at the end of the year, mm. which we haven't done in the last couple of years. Uh, I know a lot of fans are very happy about that. I, that was another really great one. Yeah. I have um, one bottle of that, I know, still. Just, it's just called a 12 ounce, but It's yeah. just Imperial Stout. Imperial yeah. Stout. Yep. Wow. Okay. Uh, looking further ahead... Um, I'm the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to, uh, when it comes to anything for the brewery. (laughs) So, um, I mean, I do officially work for the brewery, so don't act, I don't want to pretend like I'm an imposter because I'm not, uh, but a couple years, you know, um, if we keep growing, like we're growing, we, we, we could be close to a million barrels, uh, in the next two to three years, as far as what we produce and put out, uh, which is huge. Um, but Mike and Dave, our, our owners and founders, have done a great job of maintaining the culture uh, that the brewery was founded on. And you know, we just we like to we like to drink beer with our friends, and we like to make beer with our friends. And that's kind of just it's kind of where we are. How so, inv- how involved are they from the day to day operation still? Um, I would I would like to think they're. I, I mean, they have a really really we have a really great upper management team under Mike and Dave Mm -hmm. uh, that do a really great job with years and years of experience in this industry. Um, And, you know, they busted their asses for years to make this brewery what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, They had to cut through chains, it sounds like. They were cutting through chains. They were bartending. They were delivering kegs. They were making the beer. I mean, they did everything. Uh, So to see this little seed grow to what it has for them, um, is very inspiring to, I think, all of the employees at the brewery. Um, Mike and Dave are definitely still the face of the brewery, for sure. Uh, but as far as day-to-day operations go, I mean, I'm sure they're giving their input on, hey, like, people come to them and say, hey, th- we got this beer, we got this beer, we got this new beer, try this. I mean, they're they're still making those decisions, mm-hmm. I feel like, with our marketing team and our sales, our higher up sales team, like what beers are going to work and what strategy are we going to have going to market? Mike and Dave definitely are still heavily involved in that for sure. I, my question, I guess I have two, but one of them is what's your favorite part about what you do? Oh man. And like, why is it good to work for founders? Um, man, that's tough. Uh, so I guess when I started bartending when I was 19 years old at old Chicago downtown, um, that was what, 13 years ago. That location was very busy. Yeah. It's changed a lot down there. Right. Yeah. But, and I just remember always thinking when like brewery reps would come in or like distributor reps would come in, I just remember thinking, I think I, I would be okay. I want to be a beer guy when I grow up, you know, I just want to be a beer guy. Me too. And then the, evo- <laughs> <laughs> and then the, evo- and then the evolution of like my work history and experience. And then I got to go work for the distributor, which was a great experience to see it from that side of the business 
And then when founders posted a job, it was like, I had multiple opportunities to go work for other breweries while I was at the distributor I was at. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I never loved their beer enough. Wow. So when hmm. founders became an opportunity or potential opportunity, I, I jumped on it because I love the beer and I love the people I've got to work with. The, the thing I love most about my job in this brewery is probably the people that I get to work with and work for and the people. And when I say work with, I'm not only talking about the people who work for the brewery, but I'm talking about the fact that I get to work with distributors mm -hmm. and the wholesalers and help them try and sell our beer. And I get to work with retailers, so bar, you know, yeah. people who manage restaurants and wine and spirits departments, and the, the the personal interaction is very cool. And then it doesn't hurt that I pretty much make my own schedule. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. as long as I get my stuff done, uh, you know. But but I work weekends. You know, I'm doing promos, I'm doing tastings, yeah. I'm doing tap takeovers. I'm, you know, it, it's not necessarily easy work, but it it makes it a lot easier that I get to sell beer. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's great. This, is a, this is a dream job that I didn't even know was around. Well, they're not uh, hiring anymore, Brian. No, so. it's filled. It's filled. I got that. You have to stay here. Yeah, okay. So. I'll do that, I guess. Huh. I got a question for you. Yeah. So coming from a, a rookie or a less, I guess, well-rounded beer drinker compared to you guys, for founders, what would you go out and recommend for somebody who's never had one of your products? And like, what's the one that you would say? Go get that try. I mean, if we're talking about somebody who's skeptical towards, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've had a sampling and someone's like, I don't like IPAs. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm still going to make you try all day. And typically the answer is, no, that's not that bad. And you know what? I'll take that yeah. because mm -hmm. I just let somebody try a beer of a style that they thought they didn't like and they thought it wasn't that bad. So I'll take that. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, Dirty Bastard. I feel like Dirty Bastard is a beer that when you try it for the first time and you don't like beer, it's a beer that people are just so intrigued by. There's so much going on in the flavor. Um, and Porter also, it's dark. Some people, that's enough. Remember yeah. when you said people are like, oh, I don't like dark beers. Yeah. Yeah, you put a Porter in front of somebody, mm. uh, our Porter's fantastic. Mm. Got those chocolate notes and that roasted, yeah, it's all good. That really isn't the way I thought you would go. I thought I really thought you'd go solid gold first. and then You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, solid gold. Like, I, I'm not saying I, I love solid gold, and I think solid gold probably hits the mark for a bigger percentage of beer drinkers. Mm -hmm. um, but if I really want to show the show a consumer or somebody, a guest, whatever, what the brewery is about, it's beers like Dirty Bastard. It's beers like Porter. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if you're if you're um, at, let's say you're at the grocery store and there and he's doing a, a pouring, you know, and, and you're willing to try it, you're probably already past the solid gold yeah, stage, true. you know? True. I don't that's just my thinking, but 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 there are people who will be walking out with like a twenty four pack of whatever domestic yeah. beer and I'm like, hey come over here and try this. Yeah. And I'm like, hey you can get Hook this, them if you can. You yep. can get this beer for two dollars more a twenty four pack or whatever and it is. It tastes you know? good. You yeah. Catch the Miller Light guy walking out. That's mm. the drinker. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's my domestic go to is Miller Light. Miller Light. Yeah. Right. Go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, whatever. Thumbs down down push light, wow. whatever. Get out of here. Yes. Yeah. That's that's old you anyway, Mike. We don't, I don't even drink don't that anymore. Yeah. yeah. That's all I got in my fridge. My my neighbor won't even come over to my house anymore because I don't have bush light. No. Well, that's it, tough. He's gonna have to move. He doesn't seem like a nice guy. Yeah. No. You're better off now without him. That's right. <laughs> so, Rich, yes, uh, rank them. What was your favorite? Oh boy. Okay. So oh, I, I got know what you're gonna say. Green zebras. First. That was your nice. Yeah. That was your favorite. Absolutely. I knew that. And then you know then. 
solid gold and, and all day kind of interchange mm-hmm. for me because it's either either one of those would be fine, and then and then KBS and then and not that backwards bastards bad. Yeah, I just, just think the other that, that just in general, yeah, that's yeah. just well, kinda, that's your palette too, right? Yeah, for sure. Give me yours. Uh, well, yeah, KBS, duh. But then that green zebra, that was amazing. Yeah, like, I would, I would, I will go get some of that. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, that's one that you want to share with people, too. Yep. Like, open some eyes. So, mm-hmm. I'll be grabbing that one. I will mow my lawn a lot and drink that a lot, too. <laughs> Every day. So, yeah. You just mowed yesterday. Yeah, I don't care. I still got to go back out I there. I need again, another one so. of these. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike, give me your... He's going to say Obviously, all day. all day would be my number one, but mm-hmm. that green zebra and even the backwards bastard, that was uh, kind of opened my eyes a little bit on... You know, putting the feelers out to go try new it's stuff. It takes. Awesome. Those are those are fantastic. That makes Brian so happy. I mean, I, I I'm gonna guess Manny feels that way too, though. Like, there's nothing better than getting someone to like change their opinion mm-hmm. about a beer or like say they like it when they they knew it beforehand they weren't going to. Yeah, it's just ah, oh, feels so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you had to, what do you have the most of, Manny, in your fridge? All day for sure. Okay, I'm a hophead. Um, yeah, I'm definitely a hophead, and all day long before i worked for the brewery has just always been my go-to it's it is what it is have so. they jumped on the hazy train or are they going to um you think you know so <laughs> uh the last couple of years at our annual business plan meetings when the whole company is together uh there's a slide that goes up and it's like these are the styles we will not brew this year and uh, <laughs> the last couple of years hazy has Hazy's. been on there so you know um I think we kind of missed that train as far as yeah. innovation goes, right? Um, do I think that a hazy IPA would? Do I think we would knock it out of the park and it would just crush it? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, we we we've, don't. We've talked it. about it. We've talked about the yeah. culture. We've talked mm-hmm. about innovator, yeah. not imitator. Like we right. we have our we have our beers. We have our culture. We're we're doing all right. You know, we're uh, we're pretty healthy well, right the, now. The so. new beers that you are introducing are are so different anyway. So. I don't, I don't, they don't need one. You know what I mean? Like they don't, right. Some breweries, that's all they've got is hazies. So if you, if you don't have to have one, yeah. Why, mm-hmm. why would you do it? It's, it's different. It's definitely kind of a fad right now. Um, yeah. I personally think it's not a fad and it's going to continue to evolve. Yeah. I like think you so get too. like milkshake Milkshakes, IPAs yeah. and all this stuff right now. Uh, I, I feel like the beer industry in general is kind of split 50, 50 on, is this thing really going to last this long? Is it sustainable? Where my, I, I'm in the opinion of you've really hit a market with consumers that might not drink IPAs. That don't like IPA. That yep. try a hazy IPA and they're like, whoa, this is great. I can drink this. You know, like yeah. it's like, yeah, so, rich. That was me. So, I mean, I, I think I think it definitely helps. I think anything that's good for for gathering new customers, new consumers to craft beer mm-hmm. is good for craft beer. And it's good for everyone, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because with these hazy IPAs, those palettes might evolve and might change and they might get into yeah. more of the West coast style IPA or so anything that's good for, for beer is good. Uh, craft beer is good for everyone. It is yeah, my, is sure. our opinion is my opinion. I should say. Yeah. If you make good beer, it's yeah, you'll be fine. There's something to be said for consistency though. Right. We talked about that when we did yeah. Sierra Nevada a few weeks back, yeah. there's something about just consistency. When I know I go get a 15 pack of all day, it's going to be the same as I got last time. And it's it's the same as I got last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What's the best thing about going to the brewery? Oh, uh, getting to see. Okay, so I'm so so I'm I'm based in Omaha, right? Yeah. Uh, so my boss is in Milwaukee. Uh, we have about four guys up in Wisconsin. So 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 our area is Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska. We have another guy that does what I do on the east side of Iowa in the Quad Cities. 
So west of me, there's nobody until Denver. Mm. So I'm kind of on an island. Yeah. So when I go to the brewery, the best thing is getting to see everybody. Right. There's about 90 people in the company that do what I do across the country. Uh, we're, cool. we're known as brewery reps. And then the market managers who help manage our wholesalers and our, our bosses, there's about 40 of them, 30, 40 of them. And then you have the regional directors and the sure. sales, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then Mike and Dave. But uh, the best thing about going to the brewery is uh, trying stuff on tap that I can't get. You can only get at the brewery. And then, I mean, it's a second family. So getting to see everybody that I work with around the country and people that I went through onboarding and training with and kind of seeing where they're at. Yeah. And it's just a big party. So not unlike our, our uh, you know, the folks that aren't in this office. Right. You know, when we have those come togethers. When our remote staff comes to Omaha. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Huh. All right. Well, Mike, I cannot thank you enough for introducing us to Manny. I, uh, yeah. This was, he had sent me an email about it, and I completely missed dude. it. And then he came back to me again. He's like, hey, did you see that email? No, but I need to respond to it right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> Manny, thanks for coming in. Yeah, Absolutely. Thanks for those beers. Thanks, man. Bringing sure. us some beers. Those were fantastic. Those were great. I, I We could do Founders at least once a month, and I think that'd be okay with me. Yeah, I agree. There's <laughs> so many good fun. beers to choose. We might, well, I was going to say we might run out of beers, or I might, yeah. maybe I just have to bring like one once a month. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. We could do that. You could do that too. That'd be fine with me. So, Brian, we ain't going anywhere for a while. Hey, let's have, a, let's have another beer.